Everyone in the office is really excited about PowerSlap joining Rumble. Iron chin. Iron chin. Ooh, it hurts. Stinks. I think it's brought us closer as a team. Hey, Wolverine, great job today, brother. Oh, Jesus! It was just a high five, dude! We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and a dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that libertarian death squads are taking over the we have come to take our country back. back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. The coronavirus. The fear is rapidly Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go, Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus presents a three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. What is Anchor? Well, let me explain. Not only is it free, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. On top of that, Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and oh, so many more. But wait, there's more. Anchor has so much faith in you as a podcaster that they would love to be your first sponsor, even before your first subscriber. Download Anchor today from the iOS or Android store, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Remember, it's all you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, thank you for listening, and have a great day. Folks, 
I'm not one for cancel culture, but it's clear we cannot tolerate racism, be it today or 20 years ago. But we have to cancel Joe Biden. In 2005, Joe Biden gave a eulogy of a KKK recruiter, Robert Byrd. Damn. Tragic. Then, in a recent genealogy test, it came out that Biden's ancestors owned slaves. Truly. Truly. If you voted for Biden, you're not black. That being said, welcome back to Inside Four Walls, the one o'clock upload. Today we have a interesting article to go through for you. Let's get into it. So, let's read this first article from Newsweek. Joe Biden gives eulogy of KKK recruiter Robert Bard resurfaces after Trump doesn't condemn white supremacists again. Right. Well, allow me to show you a little something. Because you'll hear this everywhere. Trump doesn't condemn white supremacy here. Trump doesn't do it. To condemn white supremacists and militia groups. You've got David Duke just joined. A bigot, a racist. A problem. Would so you, I'm not looking would you repudiate David Duke? Sure. David Duke and robocalls are out again, the white supremacist movement supporting you. Uh, do you David have any words for that? Well, I disavow. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay. Well, we looked at it and looked at the question. I disavowed David Duke. So I disavowed David Duke all weekend long on Facebook, on Twitter, and mm-hmm. obviously it's never enough. Trump's refusal to condemn, uh, just distance himself from white supremacists. The Anti-Defamation League is already out there asking the president to clarify why he didn't ca- condemn white supremacists. So are you prepared right now to make a clear and unequivocal statement renouncing the support of all white supremacists? Of course I am. Of course I am. When Chris joined, we had a news conference, and they asked me the exact same question. I said, I disavow. I disavowed then. I disavowed today on ABC with George Stephanopoulos. I disavowed again. Uh, David Duke is a bad person who I disavowed on numerous occasions over the years. I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. I totally disavow the Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. Ultimately, he got to the Ku Klux Klan, which obviously I'm going to disavow. I reject David Duke, rejected David Duke. Uh, I've rejected the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. David Duke is saying to his supporters and followers, vote for Donald Trump. White supremacists are saying, vote. do you want those votes? No, I don't want them, and I don't want him to say it. Yeah, I want the support. Let me just jump in real quick. From the U.S. News Today, Ku Klux Klan Grand Dragon Quig endorses Hillary Clinton for president. The Ku Klux Klan has donated di- oh, different factions of the KKK have donated estimate a million dollars to the Hillary Clinton campaign. So that's just something to throw out there for you. Supporters. No, I don't want anything. What do you think of white supremacists, by the way? I don't like any group of hate. David Duke announced his Senate candidacy claiming your agenda. Are you ready before you ask the question? Newt Gingrich said every Republican should repudiate this guy I no did. matter what it takes. And I do. Rebuked. Is that okay? Rebuked. Rebuked. Done. Done. Just to clear it up this morning, can you, naming it, make a declarative statement that you cannot, that the president cannot? Racism is evil. 
and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists. Do you want white supremacists to vote for you? No, I don't at all. Not at all. His campaign is denouncing a show of support from the KKK's official newspaper, as in the Ku Klux Klan. In the same New York Times interview, he denounced white supremacists. He denounced the neo-Nazis who support him. President Donald Trump signed a congressional joint resolution that condemns white supremacy, neo-Nazis, and other hate groups. When he was asked to condemn white supremacists, he didn't. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. When specifically asked if he would denounce white supremacists, that the president dodged it. I spoke out forcefully against hatred, bigotry, and violence, and strongly condemned the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, and the KKK. Well, I have to say that it's disappointing that a sitting U.S. president can't outright condemn white supremacy. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. The president of the United States, in the year of our Lord, 2020, refuses to condemn white supremacists. Any group of hate, I don't like it. Any group of hate, I am, whether it's white supremacy, whether it's any other kind of supremacy, whether it's Antifa, whether it's any group of hate, I am very concerned about it, and I'll do something about it. You may have noticed the thumbnail of this episode is a little bit different. That old man in the wheelchair that Brian's holding hands with, that's actually David Duke, one of the founders and organizers of the modern-day KKK, the longest-running Grand Wizard of the KKK, the same guy that Biden accused Trump of being friends with. He's sitting there on stage holding hands with. So, starting to see a picture here forming a little bit. wants to condemn white supremacy. The neo-Nazis. He hasn't condemned a darn thing. That being said, let's get into this slave-owning bastard of a present we got. I, I mean, ancestors of, descendant of slave owners, I should say. Don't want to get a, a, what's the fuck is that group called? Ah, whatever. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's eulogy of late Senator Robert Byrd a former KKK leader, has resurfaced by a pro-Trump group amid outrage over President Donald Trump's recent failure to explicitly condemn white supremacy. I refer you to rewind this podcast about uh, two minutes ago, if you have any uh, doubt on, on that. The 30-second clip of the eulogy was viewed nearly half a million times in the six hours after it was shared by the Twitter account of Students for Trump. Biden, who has faced criticism in the past over comments he made about working with segregationists, gave the eulogy for Byrd at his funeral in 2010. Quote, Bishop, Reverend, Clergy, Mona and Marie, the entire Byrd family, if you didn't already know it, it's pretty clear the incredible esteem your father was held in, Biden said in his opening remarks. Bird, a member of the Democratic Party. Yeah, by the way, there was this famous quote, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, 
uh, not all Trump supporters are racist, but all racists are Trump supporters. Yeah, actually, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden received the largest donations from KKK and white supremacy groups in America. Yeah. And uh, the KKK formed to counter the abolitionist party, which was the Republican Party. In fact, the KKK formed and openly condemned a Republican being Abraham Lincoln for freeing the slaves. Jim Crow laws were passed by KKK members who actually ascended into political offices across the country. The KKK is a Democratic fucking party. They're liberals. White supremacy is a liberal ideology. Not a Republican one. Not an alt-right one. No. Sorry. History does not like your narrative. And soon your narrative will be mocked by future generations. Hopefully. <laughs> Bird, a member of the Democratic Party, served as a U.S. Senator of, from West Virginia for more than 50 years. From 1959 until his death, the politician's past was not without controversy, controversy, however. In the early 1940s, Byrd recruited 150 of his friends from a, friends and associates from the local chapter of the KKK and designated a designated hate group. The Washington Post reported in 2005 in his autobiography that Robert C. Byrd, child of an Appalachian Coalfields, Byrd wrote that he viewed his leadership in the Klan as a helpful platform from which he launched his political career. The late senator worked to minimize his direct involvement with the Klan, explaining that it was a youthful indiscretion. Wow, that's actually what it says. I did not misread that. According to the Post... He described his chapter of the hate organization as a fraternal group of elites who never engaged in or preached violence against black people. Yeah, when has the KKK ever, ever gone out of its way to condemn black people? Bird acknowledged in his book that the KKK membership has, quote, emerged throughout my life, haunting and embarrassing me. As he taught, as uh, and has taught me a very gra- in a very graphic way, what one major mistake can do in one's life, career, and reputation. Uh, yeah. Being a member of the KKK is pretty fucking bad, especially when you're the leader. And by the way, you don't just become a leader of the KKK overnight. That's like Dungeon and Dragon level shit you have to climb through to get to the top of that, my guy. You were in there for the long haul. In fact, you were not out of the KKK till you were in your fucking early 30s. So what's this youthful talk you're having over here, homeboy? You were damn near middle-aged. Fuck, you died when you were like 60. So you were technically middle-aged when you were in the KKK. And still, you're in the KKK when you became elected. You only resigned your membership of the KKK after you got elected. Sorry, homie, and don't worry, I got some Joe Biden clips to play for you before I go into the last bit of this episode. We go over his ancestry that has slave owners in it. Who would have thunk it? You know whose family doesn't have slave owners in it? Trump's. They moved here from Germany. Post-Civil War.
There's also like Scottish and Irish in there. It's a whole thing. The senator who once filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 1964 for more than 14 hours in the Senate claimed his membership in the Baptist Church that marked the, quote, beginning of big changes in me, according to the Post. Experts have labeled Bird's desire to be influential in the Senate as a primary motivator for his apparent changes in ideology. Kind of my point I was just making. James Tolbert, president of the West Virginia chapter of the NAACP in 2005, told Post that Bird overcame his past by slowly embracing more and more progressive social views and owning up to his mistakes. I don't, do you grow out of racism? I know a guy, we'll call him uh we'll call him Matt. He was one of my brother's best friends. And this dude was a like American history X skinhead kind of guy. And when he was married and had a kid, he kinda like mild it down, but as soon as his kid, you know, him and his wife got a divorce and his kid left he went right back into it. Like, he did not... He just changed because he had something to change for. And then as soon as that was gone... Boom! Shaved head. Ugh, I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like that kind of shit goes away. And I mean, I've made some pretty edgy jokes on race. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love Blazing Saddles and I used to do stand-up comedy. I, I, have, I think every, everything should be made fun of, but there's no genuine hatred in my fucking heart. Outside of me for liberals. I mean, the only group of people I'm racist against are white Democrats. White liberals I'm pretty racist against, if I'm being honest. That's, but I can own up to that without any shame. And I'll always be racist against white Democrats. And I'll always be sexist against white liberal Democrat females. Whatever. Quote, I know now I was wrong, intolerant, and had no place in America. I apologize a thousand times, and I don't mind apologizing over and over again, Bird said in 2005. Quote, I can't erase what happened. No, you can't. Five years later, during the senator's eulogy, Biden described Bird as a fiercely devoted to his principles, a friend, a mentor, and a guide. Comments which have brought Biden fresh criticism as he enters the final stretch of the campaign for president. Quote, in case you forgot, Joe Biden gave a eulogy at Robert Byrd's funeral. He was a Klansman recruiter who filibustered the 1964 Civil Rights Act for 14 hours, meaning he argued against civil rights for 14 hours. That's not really something you can do and then backpedal and be like, I take it all back. That's a little hard to do. He was a Klansman recruiter who filibustered the 1964 Civil Rights Act for more than 14 hours. Ryan Fundraiser and co-chair of Students for Trump tweeted Tuesday or Thursday, Biden called him a mentor, a friend. Joe Biden is a racist. And don't worry, I have clips to go with that. Former President Barack Obama, who also spoke at Byrd's funeral, used similar language when describing the late senator. He was a Senate icon. He has he was a party leader, and he was an elder statesman. And he was my friend. That is how I'll remember him. Neither Obama or Biden's speeches ever mentioned Byrd's history with the Klan. But Obama hinted Byrd's controversial past twice. The first time Obama visited Byrd, 
the Senate, the Senator told him, quote, there are things I regretted in my youth. You may know that. And I said, none of us are absent. Some of some regrets. That is why we enjoy and seek the grace of God. Actually, racism is pretty condemned in the Bible, too. Go figure. Obama went on to praise Byrd for processing or possessing, quote, that quintessential American quality and that capacity to change and a capacity to learn, a capacity to listen, and a capacity to capacity to capacitate capacity made more perfect. Now, criticisms once amid mounting disapproval of Trump, who during the first presidential debate Tuesday did not unequivocally condemn white supremacy. Actually, the very first clip of that video I showed you was some condemning condemning white supremacy in the first debate between him and Joe Biden. He did it on the second, and I don't think there was a third one. I know every debate I watched between him and Biden, they would always ask, and he immediately condemn white supremacy, and then they never asked Biden to do the same thing. Do, 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 do. Yep. Quote. You have a quote down here. But are you willing to tonight to condemn white supremacists? Are you prepared to specifically do that? Wallace asked. Sure, I'm prepared to condemn white supremacy, Trump replied. But I would almost, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not the right wing. If you look, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see peace. Really sounds like he didn't condemn it there, Newsweek. I'm not going to read this back and forth dribble. Yeah, this is a bunch of quotes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the way they like to take shit out of context, I have no... Interest in humoring the what about isms, or not even what about isms, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not humoring the he said she said narrative bullshit. You ready? You ready for this? Oh, be ready for this. Buckle up, kiddos. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean nice-looking guy. I mean, this, that's a storybook, man. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It's, it's, it's an indicator of taking black people for granted. It's a way of saying, we got y'all. It's a way of saying, I can be overconfident because I know that you guys always vote Democrat. I can predict how you guys are going to vote. And, and, and I know that you guys have already bought into the narrative that Trump is racist, right? So as long as I'm not Trump, I can do whatever I want to do. I can say whatever I, what I, what I want to say. And I don't have to worry about you and any of your concerns and being intelligent enough to speak to your concerns intelligently. 
Now, you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. He's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchained Wall Street. They're going to put y'all back in chains. And I can tell you, as someone who was a little brown girl, I found Joe Biden's words very condescending indeed. And I think uh, a lot of other brown girls would have felt the same way. I think the two-party system, although my Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this, I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the Negro, good for the black in the South. Um, and uh, uh, other than the fact that they still call me boy, I don't think they've, I think they've changed their mind. <laughs> Biden sought and received support from Mississippi Senator James Eastland, the Democratic chairman of the Judiciary Committee and a leading symbol of Southern resistance to desegregation. He frequently spoke of blacks as, quote, an inferior race. It's surprising. Surprising in what way? Well, the fact that he would solicit the support of a staunch uh, segregationist, uh, James Eastland, as well as Jesse Helms. In terms of foreclosure, in terms of bad loans that were being, I mean, these Shylocks who took advantage. Specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken the test. Before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not? What do you think, huh? Or are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who... Why in this nation do black Americans wake up knowing that they could lose their life in the course of just living their life? They gotta know we're listening. Now is the time for racial justice. We have such an opportunity now to change people's lives for the better. It's about who we are, what we believe, and maybe most importantly, who we want to be. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. Yeah, that's got the I marched too. with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes. I was involved, but I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked in an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved. I was involved in what, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. I was in law school. I wore sport coats. I was not part of that. I'm serious. Yeah, he lied, by the way. Right down here is a whole caption explaining that he lied about being... Uh, the first clip talked about him, how he was saying he marched with all these people. This is a clip from him about 30 years ago in the 80s when he first ran for president talking about how he never actually marched with them. Don't have time with that one. I'm not big on flak jackets and tie-dye shirts and, you know, that's not me. More than once, advisors had gently reminded Mr. Biden of the problem with this formulation. He had not actually oh. marched during the civil rights movement. And more than once, Mr. Biden assured them that he understood and kept telling the story anyway. That is really, really weird. Now, his aides went back and said, look, he was in office marching for the idea of civil rights, but was not actually marching in the streets. But that would said. not huh? fly. <laughs> but he was supporting <laughs> civil rights. But I'm saying that in today's science of work, I know you're just telling what they said. Right. But yeah, in yeah. the age of Twitter today, Instagram, there will be pictures of him not marching. Right. So you cannot get away with that in this moment. So that's his big challenge. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting you. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador. Nelson Mandela was a terrorist. On the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. Uh, I do want to ask you about one thing that you've said repeatedly on the trail. I think it's three times now. 
you said this during a visit to South Africa uh, to visit Nelson Mandela, which I know is a very memorable visit for you, that you were arrested when you were there. Your campaign has come out since and said, no, 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 you were separated from other people at the airport, but you didn't say arrest three yeah. times. What, why? Well, what, what I meant to say was, I meant I was not able to, I was not able to move. I guess I, I wasn't arrested. I was stopped. I was not able to move where I wanted to go. I was a kid from suburbia. I lived out in Mayfield in a split level mm -hmm. home, but I didn't know any black people. No, I really didn't. You didn't know any white people either. That's true. And for, I was the only white employee here. And Kornbach was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board. Or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight races. Not a joke. There's a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pulls. He was the mechanic, and he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He pulled up, he said, you walk out with that chain, and you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. So I walked out with the chain. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you to get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again, but I shouldn't have called you. Esther Williams, I apologize for that. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that, not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. So I learned about roaches. So I learned about roaches. So I learned about roaches. President is talking about the continuing recession tonight. You have blamed mistake. And that's from the Mr. Reagan channel. So I wonder who has a good history here with uh, denouncing white supremacy and who has a history of absolutely shitting on black people. Now there was one clip I noticed wasn't in here. Hold on. A, I couldn't help but notice a very, very specific quote was missing. So I found Senator Joseph E. Collins' Twitter account. Well, what does Senator Joe Collins, a black guy, a black Democrat, have to say? Well, where was the dignity and respect of black Americans? Or in your words, Joe Biden, quote, niggers. I'm just quoting here. When you made this statement, Democrats, this is your nominee for president of the United States. And Rep Representative Maxine Water endorses this scoundrel. Explain this, please. You ready? You ready? Already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big shots. Already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big shots. Already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big shots. One more time. What was that, Joe? Already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big shots. Oh. Huh. Weird. Huh. And that's a a direct C-SPAN clip. Not to mention behind the scenes over when President Biden or uh, President Obama was in office, we had multiple people claiming that he kept calling Obama a certain pejorative slur that starts with uh, N and I and a G and ends with a G and an E and an R behind the scenes. And people were like, is he saying that? And Obama was like, I'm not answering that fucking question. Weird. Anyway, genealogists find evidence of Biden's ancestors owning slaves. Newsweek, or uh, sorry, New York Post, 
And this article is by Callie Patterson. <laughs> this has been a fun episode. I'm feeling good. I might do a 5 o'clock upload. But the 5 o'clock upload is going to be something entirely different. Genealogists have reportedly found evidence that President Joe Biden's paternal colonial ancestors owned many slaves. The report finding details in an adapted excerpt from Politico's correspondent Ben Schuchinger's up-and-coming book, quote, The Bidens Inside the Family's 50-Year Rise to Power, was recently discovered by Alexander Bannerman, a genealogist in West Virginia, and lineage expert Gary Boyd Roberts. After the 2020 presidential elections, Bannerman worked alongside Roberts to put together Biden's genealogy for the winter 2021 issue of Ancestry magazine. Bannerman told Schreckinger that during his research, the pair found two Biden ancestors on his father and his mother's side owning and enslaving people while living in Maryland. Wow, hey, slave owners on both fucking sides. Fascinating. Enslaved, or uh, sorry, Jesse Robinette, the president's great-great-great-great-grandfather. Kind of gay. Named kind of gay. Jesse and owning slaves. Two gay things. Jesus. <laughs> enslaved two people in Algany County, according to the eight, 18, eight, uh, 1800 census. Bannerman said, while Thomas Randall, another third great-grandfather of Biden, enslaved one 14-year-old Baltimore, Baltimore boy in Baltimore County in, 19, or in 1850. The state of Maryland does not list any Bidens in its slavery database. But yet, genealogy. See, records can be falsified. DNA, that's a little bit harder to falsify. Bannerman and Roberts published genealogy of Biden does not, or does not note these reported ties to slavery. Bannerman explains to Shuker, that it is not uncommon for Americans with roots in the colonial era to have ancestors with ties to slavery. And, in Biden's case, it's very minimal. Uh, it's more than in Trump's case. Quote, Not a lot of ancestors and not a lot of slaves. Bernman, uh, Bannerman, sorry, said the ancestors of the president who frequently touts his Irish heritage, which should not actually be true. He's not really Irish. Go figure. Nor is he really Catholic, because he's pro-choice. Bannerman is now working on a genealogy of First Lady Jill Biden. Oh, God, I would love it if she's just, like, super entrenched. Like, she's just Robert E. Lee's granddaughter. Oh, I'd love it. That'd be hilarious. His and Robert's Joe Biden genealogy was a second completed one. And one of the president's ancestries, the first having been commissioned by Biden himself in 2004, according to Schickinger. I'm definitely not saying that name right. The then-senator had James 
Petty, a genealogist at Salt Lake City, Utah, put together the genealogy, although the results were never published. I wonder fucking why. So that was in 2004 when he had been kind of already talking about running for president again. And then that shit hadn't... Oh, jeez, I'm fucking curious. Uh, put together, although the results were never published. Petty died in, two, in 2020. And his widow, Mary Petty, declined to provide Schickinger with any information collected. Citing client confidentiality. Yeah, I bet you found something, didn't you? I mean, certainly with all the clips I just played and the article I read previously, yeah, you're, you're just so fucking puzzled on why they never, never published that information in 2020 especially. Hmm. It's unclear if Biden's reported connection to slave ownership was found in, 20, in 2004. I almost said 2004. I might just start doing that, actually. Genealogy, or if he was informed of it. Mary Petty, who also worked on genealogy, reportedly spoke with Biden's sons, Bo and Hunter, during the process. The White House did not immediately respond to the Post's request for comments on Tuesday. During Biden's presidential campaign last year, misinformation about his ancestry was spread online, claiming his great-great-grandfather fought for the Confederacy and owned slaves. The misinformation was later proved false by several fact-checkers. Yeah, well, I don't really believe fact-checkers too much. I want to know what the 2004 report said. I really do. In 2019, it was revealed that then-Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's family owned at least 14 slaves the same year. Former President Biden candidate, or presidential candidate, Beta O'Rourke revealed he and his wife also were descendants of slave owners. Eh. But uh, no Republican really likes Mitch McConnell. Not saying that's a defense or anything. And that is the end of this article. Man. This has been an interesting episode, hasn't it? I definitely, without a doubt, believe that Joe Biden has a lot more slave owners in his history. Especially if he's from the colonial era. Because in colonial days... The Crown actually had a law that said if you had a certain amount of land, in order to maintain that land, you had to have slaves, otherwise the Crown would come and condemn your land. So, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely believe there had to be a lot more slaves, especially when you go over the content of Joe Biden's 50 years in office where he's made nothing but racial disparaging comments, both purposely and accidentally. And uh, what was that thing about... What was that little comment about Big Shots? I just... I don't know. I just cannot recall. What was it? He said, uh, what was that, Joe? We already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big shots. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. And then, again, you can look at the thumbnail of this podcast episode and see a picture of Joe Biden and David Duke, one of the most famous and long-lasting presidents of the KKK or whatever the fuck they call their leaders. Some Dungeons and Dragons bullshit. Dragons or whatever the fuck. Grand, Grand Wizards is what they're called, I believe. Yeah, he's up there celebrating his 78th birthday. With He celebrated the 78th birthday on stage in the South with the head of the KKK. 
That has been today's episode of Inside Four Walls. I'll allow you to draw whatever conclusions you'd like to draw from this episode, and I'll, uh, fuck it, I'm feeling good. I'll see you at five o'clock. Already have a nigger mayor, we don't need any more nigger big shots. Already have a nigger mayor, we don't need any more nigger big shots. Already have a nigger mayor, we don't need any more nigger big shots. Hi! Welcome to YouTube. Thanks, it's great to be here. I'm just gonna upload my video right now. Uh, let me see it first. Oh, wow. No, you can't post that. Why not? I don't agree with that. Nope. Okay, I'm sorry. What are you doing? I'm uploading my video. Alright, that's a warning, pal. Dude, you need to relax. Flag! What? Okay, you wanna get crazy? Boom! Boom! Double flag! There goes your video! Did you just cancel me? Alright, I'm gonna be leaving now. Where are you going? To a place where I can't get canceled and they celebrate free speech. <laughs> uh, but in fantasy land. It's not fantasy land, it's called Rumble. Later, pal. Did you need these back? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna need those for the next person. Got you. Good luck, buddy. Thanks.